welcome to Outside the Music Box. I'm Chloe Prendergast. And I'm Emma Williams. We're so glad you've joined us today. And a big Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Woo! <laughs> We're both violinists based in the Netherlands and have created this podcast in our search to find fun new ways to share and talk about music we love. Each episode, we explore a different piece of music through the eyes of a guest musician. Our goal is that you don't have to be a total music nerd to enjoy this podcast, so we put little explanations of technical terms, some background info, and excerpts of the music we're talking about throughout the episode. If we miss anything, definitely let us know, and we'll clarify in future episodes. We've also linked some Spotify playlists in the show notes with all the music we talk about, so you can enjoy for your own listening pleasure. Today's guest is violinist Sean Lee Chen, who I've known for about five years. He lives in Perth, Australia, and is the concertmaster of the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra. And whenever I'm back in Australia, it's always really fun to play with him and talk about basketball and cycling and The Bachelor in our rehearsal breaks. For those of you following along from home, we've been on a long and arduous PayPal journey and have finally hopefully reached the end. So the good news is that you can now donate again to help keep this listener-supported podcast running and to pay our friend, Magic Jojo, for the wonderful work she does helping us edit. The important thing you need to know is that our handle is now slightly different. It's paypal.me slash outside music box, just like our Twitter handle. Phew! Thanks for being patient with us and enjoy this episode with Sean and Chasson's poem. Hi. Hello. How are you guys? Yeah, oh, good. Good. Bless. Wow. So here we are. Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Thanks so much for being here, Sean. So great to have you on our show. Uh, we start our podcast by asking our guests to introduce themselves. So I was wondering if you could introduce yourself for everyone. Oh, sure. Yes. Um, well, I'm Sean Lee Chen. I am a violinist. I hail from Perth, the planet of Perth, <laughs> and well, I'm in Perth right now. Um, do you need any other details from me? I am, well, I play the violin with Emma when she's in Australia with the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra, and uh, I'm also a lecturer here at the University of Western Australia. Yeah. But you also have pretty good viola skills, I have seen, in the flesh. <laughs> oh, God. They don't, like, they, like, they don't like you telling them that it's almost the same thing. You know, they get angry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in fact, you know, as a result of that uh, recording, um, like, I don't know what the word is. I got, is it trolled? Um, yeah. A little bit, you know. Uh, Why? I, yeah, someone sent me a photo. They said, hey, check this out. And I was like, what, what do you mean? He goes, oh, it's that thing you did with Christian. I said, oh. And, uh, this, and then it, it's just this comment that says, oh, typical violinist playing the viola. So, oh, yeah. but, damn. Man. So maybe it isn't as easy as it called <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm still feeling the burn, but it's okay. Yeah. You know, you got you to take the hits, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, you did a pretty good job. Oh, you're very nice. <laughs> oh, God. Um, uh, yeah. Amazing. Um, and today you've brought in a really beautiful, really hard French piece, Chasson's Poem. Yes. Uh, can you... Tell us about discovering this piece the first time you heard it. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. So when I was a kid, um, well, not really a kid, I was probably uh, 16 when um, I had to start doing some violin practice because we had exams at school. So, um, <laughs> and like, I, you know, I grew up in a musical household, so it was kind of all around me. So I was kind of lucky that way, but... I really had no interest in the violin. I was very, very interested in basketball. Um, and, you know, you can't see, but I'm, I'm five foot seven, you know, and, and that, uh, that's a huge disadvantage when you're not fast or very skillful. And so uh, yeah, that, that dream died a very bitter death. But, um, but it's, uh, yeah, so I had to start practicing and I had this CD, um, uh, my, my parents had the CD of Yasha Heifetz and um, I was learning uh, the, I think, the Zygwinnerweisen and, and Havanese at the time. Um, and on the same CD, there was a Chausson poem. But, you know, whenever I just kind of put it on before bed and I'd hear the two pieces that I wanted to hear and then the Chausson would come on and it's that really dark, you know, slightly dreary start, especially with that sort of recording. And I would just press skip and <laughs> just go to the, <laughs> just go straight to Rondo Capriccioso. I was like, oh, wicked, Pythus is playing the fast one. And um, yeah. so that's actually my first encounter with it. It's like, and I, I thought, oh, one day I thought, oh, I wonder how that piece actually sounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't skip it. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. And it took about, it. I, I think I waited till two years after, like first year wow. of uni, just to actually, you know, in the long summer break we have here. I thought oh, I better listen to this whole CD. Might be a good idea, you know. So um, I had a Sony Discman. Um, do you, you, remember, you remember those? Yeah, and yeah. the little little cassette adapter for the car. Yes. Yeah, and I just put it in the car, and I and I listened to it, and I actually had to stop the car um, because the car was too loud, and um, for the <laughs> for the music, and I and I had to listen to it, and I thought, man, this is not bad. And it gets to this middle section and it just goes absolutely nuts, you know. Just, yeah. And I thought, oh, I, I don't know about this. It's a bit much. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, did, what occurred to you when, what made you skip it? What, what were you thinking when you heard the opening that you were like? Oh, if you really want to know, like, yeah, farts. It just sounded like, it really sounded like farts. Like at the start, it's really low. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know. And I was like, oh, nah, nah, that's no good. were you were you like obsessed with um because i i found this when i was younger that violin playing meant fast flashy things oh yeah yeah so i guess something that doesn't start where you don't realize it's going to be fast and flashy at some point just like oh well i'm you know i'm young and i don't i don't i'm not interested in that I don't have the patience. Yeah, oh, totally. Like, yeah, especially like because you know, in my formative years, I I did nothing, and then um, all of a sudden have to do like an exam for high at the end of high school. You're like, oh, I better do something that kind of reflects that you've been practicing for like four years, but not really. So, <laughs> but playing basketball instead. 
Yeah, pretty much, you know, and like, maybe we play something fast. Yeah. Hmm. Great idea. It's true. And also, like, all high schoolers at the end of high school, I feel like we all were just trying to play a fast, flashy piece to show off being good. 100%. Yeah. And then, like, you know, you can brag about the tennis elbow that you have after that as well. Yeah. (laughs) No. And then in our old age, we're like, God, no. Yeah. (laughs) Why do we do those stupid things? (laughs) Oh, man. I couldn't be happy to play slow now. It's just so great. Yeah. Yeah. Give me all the slow movements. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, nah. But um, so that, that that then I started to listen to it a little bit more and I started to really like it, but I didn't actually learn it until um, I got to post-grad, I think, at uh, National Academy in, in Melbourne. And that's that's when I, yeah, got to, to really know it and uh, played it a couple of times and, Really, ever since then, it's kind of followed me around. Like every five years, I get this random gig. Um, it, it could be any gig, but like I might be down to play it next year. So that's literally five years since I've played it. So, really? Yeah, yeah, but it's just every five years and it just kind of just hangs around. And it's always Shosan poem and it's always Zigan together. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it just kind of pops up and um, I have to practice. That hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's all the information we think you need to know about this piece. Poème was written by Ernest Chanson in 1896. Chanson was a French romantic composer from a wealthy family. He seemed to be a kind of quiet, shy guy and didn't write so much music because it took him such a long time to write each piece. He also didn't get a lot of music written because he died young. At age 44, while he was staying at one of his country houses in France, he rode his bicycle into a brick wall and died instantly. Yikes. Anyway, he wrote this piece for the famous Belgian virtuoso violinist and composer Eugène Isai. Isai wrote to Chasson asking him to write him a violin concerto, but Chasson was kind of intimidated by the idea of writing an entire concerto and wrote back to Isai saying, I hardly know where to begin with a concerto, which is a huge undertaking, the devil's own task but I can cope with a shorter work. It will be in very free form with several passages in which the violin plays alone. Chasson wrote poem just like he said he would. The piece is about 12 to 15 minutes in total and is just one long movement. He wrote two versions, one for violin with piano and one for violin with a full orchestra accompanying. The piece begins with an atmospheric intro by the orchestra or piano, and then the violin plays a long, slow, indulgent solo. It only speeds up about halfway through, and this is why Sean skipped the track when he was younger. Poem is maybe based on a love story, but also maybe not, so there you go. Sean just mentioned that for some reason, when he performs Poem, it's always paired with another French romantic piece by Maurice Ravel, called Cigane, which also begins with a long violin solo. Here's a bit of the Tsigan. And here's some of Poem.
So, I mean, it's in that whole world, the 19th century, beautiful, impressionist-y type world. Actually, yeah, I was um, looking up impressionist um, paintings uh, just before because I was sort of thinking about where this piece sat in in history. And um, it really does sound like one of those classic impressionist paintings from the late 19th century. You know, it. Um, I don't know if you kind of have that kind of image in your head when you're playing, but that definitely reminded me of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it was written for his eye um, and uh, <laughs> dude asked for a concerto. And yeah. of course, you know, by that time, like writing concerto is like a pretty big deal. And Shosson's yeah. like, hey, come on, man. Like, do you know, do you reckon <laughs> one, break. do you reckon just, yeah, yeah, do you reckon just one movement's cool, like one long one? Um, because, <laughs> yeah. And so he said, yeah, yeah, cool, you know. And, um, but, but yeah, so, so French though, and such evocative sort of orchestration. And, um, you know, although, although Chausson wrote his own piano part for it, it really just doesn't do justice to the colors he gets in the orchestra for it. And, it's um, it's hard to find a recording now, a current recording that um, I might be putting my foot in it here, but like I haven't. We can always edit it out, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just haven't found one that I like, you know. Um, and um, that's a hashtag modernism. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I've, it's so beautiful to, to explore that. Um, era of playing especially because there is recorded sound from then Um, yeah it's it's beautiful beautiful playing and and this is where I'm interested in my sort of research that I haven't started (laughs) (laughs) it's a work in progress (laughs) yeah totally yeah hey we're researching now we're talking about the music yeah Yeah, I'm going to put this down and and log these put it down (laughs) put this in the yeah in the PhD log 100% yeah (laughs) Oh. Yeah. No, but I, I know what you mean. I mean, it's um, that whole world of the sort of late 19th century sound. We actually do have recordings of the people that were playing that music. And that's such an amazing thing to have because it just sounds so different to to the way we make music now, which is a, a wonderful thing. I mean, you know, it, you wouldn't want it to not change. But yeah, it's it's amazing to go back and look at these old recordings that we have that have been converted from the old like wax cylinders and really really old kind of gramophones and um hear that kind of crackling old beautiful sweeping kind of sound singing sound that the violinist had at that time is just amazing And actually, you know, um, I was talking to your old teacher. I was talking to Penny about oh, this. Penny. Yeah. I was talking to Penny about this. The, the perception, um, my perception of it now, obviously, you know, f- being fully into it is like this is just just the most amazing world of things that we um, are researching. But for people, um, uh, for... <laughs> 
let's just say boomers. No, let's just say, um, <laughs> let's just say, you know, people a little bit older than, well, myself, um, you know, you guys are younger, but like, I'm old, but like. Even um, older than you, yeah. Even older than me, yeah, older than the hills. But, you know, they see it as old fashioned and yes. something um, that we've let go of. And it's really interesting to track violin playing and music as a sort of continuum um, right up until, um, I suppose you, you can call it modern, modernism with Stravinsky and stuff and how the aesthetic and priorities changed. And I suppose it's just changing fashions. Yeah. Like we don't, you know, no one wears like corsets and stuff anymore. Well, some people do, but yeah. if, if you're into that sort of thing, but, um, and or there's no, you know, foot binding and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah no that's they're probably bad examples but i don't know why the hell they came up <laughs> no but there are things you want to get rid yeah. of but there are also things you want to go back and look at again yeah. for sure exactly yeah. yeah and i guess i mean it's you see it in fashion as well like um you know even now it's even quicker the cycles that that then get recycled like 70s fashion is like really in again somehow and you know even a couple of years ago we thought that that was just so dated and horrible and you know and now everyone's like flares and like puffy hair and the the true. i don't know jackets and things also we were we were just having this conversation where we were looking at a picture of chanson yeah and we were like oh he has like our classic 2010s hipster beard totally yeah See? he was the original trendsetter yeah now that's back in style or has been, and it really wasn't for a long time. No. Well, he also almost definitely rode his fixed wheel bike into a wall and died. So, yes. Um, oh, actually, be careful then, Sean. Okay. <laughs> Don't take after him too closely then. No. <laughs> be careful with your fixie. <laughs> yeah, I've sold them. I've sold the fixed gear. Oh, good. Like, yeah, my good. bike's have brakes now, but, like, it's, um, yeah, it's true, you know, he's straight out of Portland, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's straight out of I guess this piece doesn't really have a story so much, does it? Or it's sort of based on a poem, but then not really, right? There, there's sort of, yeah, there's many theories. I actually have a master's student um, uh, studying it right now, and it's kind of like this, I, th I think it's, I could be completely wrong, but something to do with like a love triangle situation as well. Classic. But, yeah, classic, totally, you yeah. know. Um, yeah. yeah. Again, like for Claire Nath, you know, oh, I've got a baby, but it's not yours, FYI. Um, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Sos. <laughs> Sos, lol. Um, <laughs> but, 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 you know, um, it's some, something like that. But then it's also quite clear that it's like just music for the sake of music. Um, but there's theories that Shulson had, he had an author friend that wrote something and I think he, it's kind of based on that, but it's, yeah. Yeah. A, he was really into Russian literature and it was That's by a Russian yeah. author. Yeah. 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 And, you know, they just, 
Dostoevsky and Tolstoy, he was like really into those guys. Damn, you know, you just got to share. Yeah. You got to share that gloom around, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where the heavy came from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God. Yeah, but then he kind of. I feel like he then just was like, "Well, I'm just going to make some music." I mean, it doesn't really. Obviously, it goes on a journey because it's music, and all music goes on a journey. But um, there's no kind of specific story that happens. But um, no. But Sean, do you have a specific story that goes on in your head when you're playing? Oh, with this one, um, yeah. Don't mess it up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> nah. nah. Um, I don't know. Like, you know, the very beginning. Um, it's so. It's so amazing, you know, when the violin enters, uh, it's just so, I don't know what the word is, it's, you know, you're so alone, like you are alone, and um, many great violinists have, have have their own version. They all they all have their own way of, of saying that, and um, actually the reason I only picked the old recordings is because I just felt, I just feel those are the ones I've grown up with and also the ones... Um, that I feel most connected to because because of the portamenti, because of the slides, because of the way the violin speaks. So, Sean was just talking about loving old recordings because of the style in which violinists used to play. Without reading you Emma's entire PhD thesis, basically 19th century violinists expressed the music in different ways to now. They played in less strict time, slid between notes a lot more, and other stuff. Obviously, the recording technology at the beginning of the 20th century was very different to today, and it's really fun and interesting to go back and discover the sound worlds of that time. If you want to know more about this, just write to us and Emma will be very happy to talk to you about any of it. I will. <laughs> this specific recording that we're about to play for you is performed by Georges Inesco and was recorded in 1929. I spent so much time on the very beginning and it actually that's pretty much all I think of when I when I play it just the beginning and um if I can set that up really well it all grows out of that um mm. yeah it makes sense yeah it's all about the journey from that and you know and there have been performances where it's just not I've not been happy with the very beginning and I've been uncomfortable the whole way um because of that, but that could just be mm. my like bruised ego, but like, you know. <laughs> no, but it makes it, I mean, yeah, it makes sense that that, that beginning, the first solo violin part is so special and, and it's just all alone and it really sets, it sets the tone. Yes. No intended. <laughs> yeah. After a really long buildup from the orchestra or the piano or whatever. Yeah. 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 It's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what, what emotions are you trying to, convey during that first opening that sets up the rest of the piece it's well i guess you know if, if i was to be really simple about it it's a, it's kind of a little bit melancholic and um there's a certain solitude about it and it's sort of yearning you know for something um and it 
it keeps sighing. There's so much sighing, you know, like falling thirds falling, and, you know, the violin, so you can exploit the violin with that so much. But yeah, it's 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 so it's it's so intensely sad. I just find it real sad. Maybe it's yeah, not supposed to yeah. be, you know. But like, yeah. I mean, it is whatever you want it to be. It's true. I yeah. guess yeah. in you know in one sense, yeah. but yeah. it does. Yeah, it makes sense that it's it's got that melancholic kind of sad. Um, at least the opening, especially, it's very mm. like and very intimate kind of feel. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Do you prefer um, the orchestrate, like orchestrated version to the piano version? Oh, this is a great question. You know, like for some bits, you know, for the beginning, I love that beginning by the orchestra, but for, it's, it's really, it's so weird because when the orchestra drops out, it's a little bit out of proportion. If you think about a room that you'd be playing in with the orchestra and, you know, I find that just a bit weird, but I guess that's just what it is. Um, and you're just longing for that beginning to be, you know, if you could shrink the room just for a second. Right, when the violin's just playing by itself, yeah. Yeah, and so in that yeah. sense, um, I do like the piano, the idea of the piano, you know. I mean, what about a synthesizer, you know, why not? Like, yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but do you know what I mean, that, 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 that idea? Um, but because it's, it is so intensely intimate there and you're like, well, you know, what am I doing here alone? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. guess, it, yeah, it really um, emphasises the change if you're going from a full orchestra in a massive hall and then just to one violin in this huge space. Yeah, and, I mean, the thing is, like, if, you know, um, if you're playing in a hall, you would lose a lot of that subtlety that... Um, you would hear an old recording because they're right up next to them, to whatever they're playing into. And, you know, there's beautiful little nuances um, in a big hall. You, you, you can't do a lot of that stuff in a massive hall. Um, like, um, I mean, you can, but it's 50-50 it's whether it comes across sometimes because of reverb or whatever, what type of hall you have. You know, if it's a little bit dry, actually, you can do that. But then again, you have to do all this projection and stuff like that. So, um, Yeah, it's a tricky balance, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's definitely achievable, but, like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's so I'm fascinated by actually really, you know, these old recordings, what it's like, what it might have been like in a big hall. Um, for these guys, um, what they would have done and what it would have sounded like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, what would you ask Isai if you um, were able to go back and have a chat with him? <laughs> what have you been eating, man? No, like, sorry. <laughs> like, like, he got gout, the, the dude. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, you know, I have this. I have the. I have Isai. I have the recordings of Isai, complete recordings. Um, nice. And... Um, I would have just loved to have just asked asked him how he made the sound he made, like what what his technique 
of you know and what what he heard in his head mm. um, because man it is it is something else when you hear it you just you know um, it turns on its head so much of what we deem to be beautiful and stuff you know um, yeah it's a different yeah. language it is 100 percent, I guess yeah yeah Do you think you would be um, friends with Shosong and or Izai? <laughs> they seem really intimidating, you know. I've got um, <laughs> like Izai's um, auto, well, not autobiography, but biography um, next to me um, at, at, at my bedside table. And I read, I've read a little bit of it, but it's like full on, hey, it's like, dude. And this whole sort of Walloon violinist, you know, and because he, he had a bit of a tough life at the start but um from from a lot of accounts it seemed like he was pretty pretty intense dude um so yeah. it would have been great to have like met him you know i'd be f fascinated sure someone would have been pretty cool like you know i think he was pretty cool yeah, yeah. and like a little more chill yeah like if it, him being like, nah, man, I actually don't want to write a full concerto. I'm kind of intimidated by that. I think I'd rather just write like one movement. Is that cool? Yeah, exactly. I mean, dude came from money. Shosan was like pretty, um, I think he was pretty, his family was pretty well off. With yeah, his eyes, interesting, like, you know, the solo sonatas are so intense. And um, he was very earnest as well in his sort of dedications Um to the violinists that he admired as well, which is a really nice thing. I think, you know, it's so cool that there were just this community um, and, you know, all the dedicatees are freaks. Like they're just, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> he can play the violin, all right. <laughs> yeah, he's good, you know. Um, I want to get your timeline straight with, with Poem. Did you first perform, so you learnt it in undergrad? I, I, I was just listening to it in undergrad and okay. I wasn't allowed to learn it. You weren't allowed to play it? <laughs> no. I, I was like, oh. Why? Uh, yeah, not good enough. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> enough. yeah. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. And then when I was, uh, no, Paul, Paul, my teacher, amazing guy, he's like, oh, maybe you should do it next year. And I'm like, I'm not studying with you next year. Yeah. <laughs> he just didn't want to teach you it. Maybe yeah. he was intimidated. He's well, I'd heard him play. It's, it was amazing. God, I was just like, yeah. Yeah, yeah I learned it as a postgrad at NM and um, started, yeah, played it a, a few times there. Um and only with piano or also with orchestra? Only with then? piano. Um, yeah. But I became so fascinated by it. So um, 
and mainly obsessed with the beginning and you know just like <laughs> if that went well you know i just forget forget like the rest of it just you just go yeah whatever but um which is not really how the music it's not really a yeah whatever for the rest no of that's it. the thing yeah <laughs> so immature it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah that went fine okay oof. What are we doing now? You know, that one part where it's just about me went fine. The rest of it, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was just like a little bit immature about that, and um, but I became yeah, you know, you become. I was actually obsessed with it, and um, but I'm also obsessed with just uh, trying. Um, I suppose when you're 21, you know, you're a bit more intense, and you're trying to find yourself. You know, and I was trying to find myself in this piece. Do you feel like it did help you find your voice? No, no. Yeah, I'm still ser- yeah, okay. I'm still searching. Still yeah. searching, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's good. <laughs> do, you, do you have any particularly meaningful memories of performing or playing this? Yeah. Um, like, I think, I think I was happy with one performance out of, like, I've done it quite a few times, but, like, there was one, there was a live broadcast, uh, of a live of a live concert of the of the pairing, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh. and the pairing, I was the pairing, yeah. And um, and I I played and I thought it was awful as usual. You know, this is just what happens. And then about a year later, um, I was, on, I was in the car, you know, listening, and like Chausson poem comes along, and then I thought, oh. It's a live recording, you know, and it turned out, and I thought, oh, that's not too bad. And it turned out to be myself. I didn't know it was me. And so I thought, oh, that's nice, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that like that is nice. I survived some, somewhat. There were a few hairy bits, but, you know, the engine noise just, uh, again, you know, it helps when there's car engine Oh, noise. of the car, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I was like, but, what engine on, on the stage? Yeah. <laughs> the air con, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cool. Um, do you have a dream performance of this piece? Like one that I've done or one that any, someone else has done? One that you would love to do. I mean, maybe if you've already done it, but just like if no, like if you really could do anything, there were no restrictions, what would you do? Oh, you know, just ask Andre Ryu if I could do it with a microphone, his, his, his stuff. No. Um, <laughs> In a castle. <laughs> and the dancing horses. Yeah, and the ice skating. Poem with dancing horses. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, actually, I've never, I've never thought of that. Um, probably there. I, actually, I do now. Recently, I thought this would be nice. There's a, um, there's actually a recently discovered version of it for piano and string quartet. Um, and, and there's a, you know, Chausson wrote something else for like a concerto actually for piano and string quartet and violin. Um, but. Um, yeah, there is, and I, I would really love to do that. Actually, um, just you know, maybe I can factor it into my research somehow. You um, should, yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe that. Yeah, and um, this space. Yeah, I'm just gonna like. <laughs> well, for <laughs> got to practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's okay because you're gonna do it in a year, and then then you'll have five years to get the quintet ready. Hundred percent for the next but, for the next round. So I'll be forty six years old in five. Oh, oh, old God, that's, I know. That's, you yeah. go. You're going to be older than Chasson was when he rode into a brick wall and died. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a unit! So uh, oh, be grateful. 
Yeah, I should be. Yeah. And wear a helmet <laughs> so you don't do the same. When, thing. I, when I play it, just wear it. That's my dream. <laughs> when you play it, you should wear a helmet. <laughs> Poem with helmet. Yeah. Poem with helmet. <laughs> oh, God. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this piece before we wrap it up? Oh, look, I, I just think it's actually not not played enough nowadays. Um, it's a little bit neglected now um, because I do think, um, you know, the revival and in interest of the expression from that time will eventually bring it back out. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we have one final question, and yeah. it is, do, is there a piece from another instrument's repertoire that you're jealous of? Um, yeah, well, uh, today I heard it. Um, all right, there's maybe two. The Schumann, um, is it? God, Adagio and Allegro um, for Zoncello. Yeah, but that, that one's, that's really cool piece. Uh, and also uh, Prokofiev's Second Piano Concerto. That's nice. That's yeah. magic. You know? Yes. Mm, yeah. Um, and what is the best way for our listeners to support you, get in touch with you, find your stuff? Oh, God. Um, this is the opportunity for you to plug yourself. To plug myself. I mean, oh, God, this is, I feel, feel strange. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to make you nervous. <laughs> some recordings of me on Spotify through the, um, for Brandenburg um yeah. mm. some those i think telemann concertos and brescianello and stuff like that um uh am i on oh don't look on youtube i now i've said it um but like there's i think there's one or two things but nothing of note sounds good <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on it's been oh. such a great time being able to chat to you Thanks so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And it's so, you know, it's so nice to see you, Emma, and so nice yeah. to finally meet you, Chloe. It's just... So nice to meet you too. Yeah, and, um, you know, maybe, like, in 2023 when you can travel again, like, yeah. <laughs> we can all come to Australia. Like, yes. Or, and I'll, I'll come over to, you know, the, to Holland. Both directions. Yeah, we'll yeah. do a cultural exchange. Yeah. Yes. so much for tuning in to Outside the Music Box. We hope you enjoyed our chat with Sean Lee Chen. If so, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and tell all your friends about it so that the algorithms do their magic and spread the love. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have any questions or want to share music that you love, you can write to us at concertstopmusicbox at gmail.com or on Facebook and Instagram at musicboxconcerts and Twitter at Outside Music Box. Write in with comments or questions that you have and we'll get back to you. 
Big shout out to Joanna Neuschatz for her help with editing, and another fun reminder to donate via our new PayPal, which is paypal.me slash outsidemusicbox. It's super easy to donate, and these donations help keep the podcast running in lieu of advertising. In the show notes, we've included links to three Spotify playlists, one specifically for the pieces in this episode, and the others for all the pieces we've talked about on this podcast so far. However, we really encourage you to purchase music in order to support the artists. The best way to support Sean is by going to the Australian Brandenburg Orchestra website and checking out his recordings, which we've linked in the show notes. See you next time outside the music box. Music box.